And so this is a case where knowledge leads to uh, lifestyle choices that help you achieve not just short-term ends, but even the what might be considered the most fundamental thing life has to offer, some kind of um, fundamental spiritual peace. That's Professor Matt Dasty, professor of philosophy at Bridgewater State University. And he's talking about a tradition of Indian philosophy known as Nyaya. And I'm Malcolm Keating, and you're listening to Sutras and Stuff. Welcome to our second season, Reason in an Uncertain World. This season, we're looking at a time of global trade, bringing different cultures into contact with each other. It's a time of competing ideas about the good and the right, and even what reality was like. It's a time of arguing and debate, and even controversy over what constitutes good debate. It's a time when religiosity played a major role in everyday life, even though there are naysayers who think that religion is bunk. Disease and death, regional violence, and the suffering of everyday people seem to be everywhere. I'm, of course, talking about the time of ancient India, but you'd be correct, too, if you thought I was describing our current moment. Though analogies always have their limits, the point of this podcast is to highlight the ways that the past can speak to the present, and how the words of thinkers living thousands of years ago can resonate today. This season, we'll focus on one set of Indian thinkers known as Nyaya. Modern people across the world are rediscovering ancient philosophical approaches to life. In the U.S., yoga and mindfulness meditation are increasingly popular. Yoga studios promise not just physical activity, but a way of coping with the hectic modern world, a way drawn from Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. Likewise, for mindfulness meditation, whether in Buddhist centers or in a more secular package, there's also a return to an ancient Greek philosophy known as Stoicism which emphasizes distinguishing between what you can and can't control and responding appropriately. Each of these ways of thinking about the world is thousands of years old, predating the kinds of issues that modern people have. And yet today, 1900 years after the Stoic Epictetus, and even longer since the time of the Buddha and Patanjali, contemporary people are living their lives according to these thinkers. But there's another ancient philosophical tradition which is relevant for contemporary people and which focuses not just on ways of ordering one's emotional life, but also our ways of thinking and speaking. And that's Nyaya, which is a tradition of thought going back to a set of sutras, or short statements, written down sometime in the 2nd century Common Era, though they were being memorized and recited even before that. This season we'll see the relevance for this sutra text nearly 2,000 years later. And so uh, when it comes to the, what should we call them, the, the central issues uh, of philosophy, uh, particularly concerning uh, knowledge, um, uh, it's amazing uh, how current uh, these views seem to be. I mean, That's Stephen Phillips, professor of philosophy at the University of Texas at Austin. This season, I'll be drawing on conversations with Professor Phillips and Dasty, perhaps others, to explore the relevance of Nyaya for contemporary life. Professor Phillips and Dasty are co-authors of a recent translation of the Nyaya Sutra and some of its early commentaries, and they're experts on Nyaya philosophy. 
I'm also fortunate to call them colleagues and friends. Stephen was my teacher when I studied at UT Austin, and Matt and I were students there together for a time. They were both kind enough to talk with me for this podcast about Nyaya philosophy, which is renowned for its focus on reasoning and knowledge. Uh, what these philosophers are talking about are very general features of what it is to be a human being, how we come to know what we know, uh, how to proceed in an argument against opponent who denies what we think is true, etc., etc. Nyaya, in its in in the work of Vatsyayana uh, Pakshilasvamin Vatsyayana, who was the first like extant commentator on the Nyaya Sutras, he saw Nyaya as being in league with things like the Upanishadic search for the self. Um, but what was distinct about Nyaya in his eyes is that it was centrally concerned with using tools of what we might call critical thinking or tools of logic and reasoning to explore these sorts of questions. So you want to know how to live, how to navigate a difficult world? If they were transported to the 21st century, pre-modern Nyaya philosophers might not have a problem with a modern Stoic emphasis on regulating emotions or with modern yoga exercise. But I think they'd say diving into these actions without investigating them is putting the cart before the horse. Shouldn't you know there really is a self before you start doing movements designed to change your experience of it? Taking a yoga class focused on your deep inner self isn't much help if the Buddhists are right and there is no such thing. And take the basic Stoic insight that you shouldn't worry about what you can't change and you should focus on what you can. Shouldn't you know a bit about how cause and effect works and what things you can and can't change before you start going around adjusting your emotions? The major reason we're concerned about epistemology or we're concerned about being right about knowing is that knowledge one of the central features of knowledge is to guide our actions. And in a really raw, simple way, um, if you're trying to get somewhere and you have a bad map, uh, in all likelihood, you won't get there. This season, we're going to focus on how Nyaya philosophers think we can get a good map, learn to read it, and even defend our reading of that map against other people. Let's start with this word, Nyaya. It can just mean a rule. One of the earliest Nyaya philosophers, Vatsyayana, who Matt mentioned earlier, talks about it in relationship to the Sanskrit term anvikshiki, which means something like investigation or rational reflection. Matt thinks we could characterize this as analogous to critical thinking. Nyaya here, you know, to, to translate loosely, is sometimes called the school of logic or the school of reasoning, or you might even say the school of critical reasoning. And this school of critical reasoning or investigation starts with a sutra text. Lots of short, memorizable statements which contain the central ideas of the tradition. Parts of the Nyaya Sutras are like a textbook. Textbook for, for how to get along. As we'll see this season, Nyaya isn't just a critical thinking textbook which lists fallacies you can weaponize against your opponent or use to feel good about your own knowledge. Ideally, your rational investigation of the world will lead you to become a better person. You'll know what the world is really like, and you'll turn away from harmful vices and towards helpful actions. You'll have a deeper understanding of the causes of suffering, and ultimately, you'll be in a position where that suffering can end. That's why the Nyaya Sutra says, when pain, rebirth, activity, vice, and wrong understanding have been dispelled, 
one after another, there is final release. That final release is known as apavarga, which is the end to the pain of a person's deep self being born over and over again into the painful situation which is life. Yet, as much as Nyaya is concerned with this final release as the highest good for human beings, we shouldn't think they're unconcerned with ordinary life. They argue that every living creature depends on knowledge for their actions. Indeed, gods, humans, and critters, animals. This includes not just spiritual aims, especially for human beings, but also acquiring money and pleasure. To use one of Vatsyayana's examples of wrong understanding, if you think that something isn't a reason to fear when it actually is, you can set up a whole series of negative effects. Take someone who doesn't think that COVID-19 is a disease to be fearful of or to be cautious about. They may have read something online where it was described wrongly as a mild flu. Or maybe they reason this way, I'm healthy and under 40, so I'll be fine. Nyaya philosophers would say they have mistaken counterfeit testimony for genuine testimony in the first instance, or that they've mistaken a counterfeit inference for a genuine inference in the second example. As a result, not only do they have a false belief, but they'll act accordingly. Maybe they'll hang out with a lot of people in a crowded bar without a mask, even if they have a cough. As a result of their actions, they spread the disease, and they get comfortable with not taking any precautions. They might even develop some bad attitudes about their actions. They resist any corrections, they are proud of walking around without a mask, and so on. This pride might even start to interact with who they listen to. They just listen to people who confirm their beliefs. It might impact how they reason, so that they ignore any evidence that might challenge them. Refusing to accept truth is a kind of a vice, according to the Nyaya philosopher Vatsyayana. And for him, there's a close connection between being sensitive to the truth and acting virtuously. But to go back to the example of COVID, in a world where there's a lot of competing claims and a lot of different arguments, how are we supposed to know what's true and false? For instance, how are we supposed to know whether to wear a mask and what kind? That's where the natural toolkit that everyone has for knowing is important. And in our next episode, we'll look at these tools that we use for knowing, according to Nyaya philosophers. What are they? How do they work? And how do we know when they're working? Join me next week for episode two of Sutras and Stuff. Mm-hmm.